The podcast is a system, Digo. The system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Brewers, geeks, craft beer enthusiasts, the very minds of the people we are trying to entertain. But until we do, these people are still part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged, and many of them are so inert so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight and protect it. The podcast is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it when you look at Spotify or you examine Google Play. You can hear it if you go to work, when you go to a brewery, even when you play Breath of the Wild. It is in the world that has been pulled over your ears to blind you from the truth. I am trying to free your mind, Digo, but I can only show you the pod. You are the one that has to press play. Today, we are entering the Matrix. Uh, when something pulled over your ears, it doesn't make you blind, but I didn't know what the ear definite, like the ear, <laughs> to keep you deaf right. from the, like, <laughs> it didn't make sense to say deaf. <laughs> That's why I like, I paused, oh. like, wait, what? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Drink In, Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, Dustin, and I took the red pill, and alongside <laughs> me is Agent Saf, and with me is... Keith and I took the wrong pill. And with me is Mr. Pale. <laughs> and give me the red pill too. I want to know what's going on. Today's episode is featuring beer from Dot and Line and Heretic Brewing. And we are talking about the Matrix. Boom. The new Matrix. Well, it's all the Matrix. The old I think all of them, yeah. Dump them all in one episode. So Dustin and I are drinking from Dot and Line Sabro Gravity Well. It's a 7.1% ABV single hopped hazy IPA with Sabro hops. And I'm a slacker and I'm just now pouring. <laughs> That's okay. I'll describe the can while you do that. It's a black background and there is a giant uh, like hand-drawn or animated hop, they're getting sucked into what I would assume is a gravity well. It's kind of like a classic 80s looking grid. It reminds Very you Tron-like. of like an old, yeah, like an old school computer internet thing. So it fits with the Matrix theme, I think. Um, I like the like sort of neon colors it has. And there's also some like galaxy spacey stuff in the background. And yeah. But also tells you the stats on the side. Yeah. So you got the hops and the grain. Uh, 7.1% ABV, hazy IPA, uh, no IBU, so we're probably going to have to play our game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in the introduction, the single hop, but it's Sabro just on the game. Two row, flaked oats, chit, 
And the yeast is A38 juice. Not sure if that matters, if we know what hmm. that is, but that's what we're using. I also think this might be the first time I noticed that the dot and line logo, the big D, there you can see the L in it on this can. I never noticed that before. Like the half of the oh, D yeah. is shaded a different color to mm-hmm. yeah. show to the make D it look like and dot L. Line. I never noticed that. Yeah, he's that. showing you Clever the D. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see that D. Let's see. It's definitely showing you. All right. Um, so the color of this one is very light. It's, it's like very milky. paley color. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like like very low, like a one or a two. It's mm-hmm. just that light. It's very thick and it's, it's very opaque, but it's still like that light color. I'm a big fan of it. So probably a Kirk shirt, if I'm being honest, unless we can think of a Matrix-related green or Uh, yellow. I can't think of anything. It's usually like really dark. Green and black. Green (laughs) Green and black. (laughs) Those are the Matrix colors. The little symbols falling down the screen. Oh, I know. It's the eye of the train man. Because he looks like he's jaundiced. He's got... (laughs) Oh, I guess I didn't notice. (laughs) Drunk all the time. I don't know. I'm making shit Uh. up. I think I think Kirk's shirt is going to be what yeah. we have to go with. Some of the stuff Neo sees once he goes blind is kind of like an orangey yellow color, but I think it's darker. Yeah, it's like an orange. Yeah, like fire, pretty mm-hmm. much because he sees like the heat from the from the uh, uh, squids. Yeah, and from Bane, Agent Smith Bane. <laughs> Agent Smith Bane <laughs> <laughs> smells fruity. Yes, very piney smell too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be like your traditional, like almost uh, your pine West Coasty, but then also it kind of smells juicy. Like this could potentially be like a very juicy beer. Yeah, so I'm it leads like closer a, to the East Coast. Yeah, like a lotiony fragrance. Um, let's give it a try. All right, sounds good. It's pretty sweet. We've had this one for a. About a couple months a now, minute. and <laughs> the, the I don't really taste the fall off. No, it's holding up nicely. So if this has fall off, I really would like to know what it tastes like prior. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's really this good. Is really good. Yeah, smooth, just like a little, uh, little spiciness to it. Not like a spicy, spicy, yeah. but like a little yeah. tingle to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Tingle. Yeah, hundred um, percent, totally. Um, it's got that hazy thickness to it, but also has a hint of the pine, but not it's not overpowering. Mm-hmm. I think no I think Keith would enjoy this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the like I'm a, a rating like factory. A no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Keith level IPA or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're would right. Keith drink this. <laughs> on record. <laughs> you're on record saying you won't drink this shit. Yes. So. Yes. I think it's Keith approved for sure. Well, I have to yeah. laugh before. Not too hoppy, and there's a nice fruit. Because uh, you ahead. guys picked this up at Dot and Line, which is in Fort Wayne, where you two are not. And Pale and I have not had this one, and we're in Fort Wayne. And this is just one I never <laughs> made out for. This one just went, you know, it just passes by. Yeah. It was, looks like it was about November when it came out. We usually wait just... till they accumulate a couple, but this one must have been pretty popular. So by the time we came back, like yeah. two weeks later, it was already sold out, so... We missed the boat. Mm-hmm. I can see why. It's pretty pretty tasty. Can you taste that chit? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, probably... Yeah. There's nearly not a taste for that. 
<laughs> not really sure what chit tastes like. Not really sure. <laughs> but I don't know. I can't really taste a whole lot of like what type of fruits this is, if it is fruits. Um, it just tastes juicy. So probably orange. It's very pale, but I mean, it's still pretty thick, hazy beer. I'm a fan. You ready for untapped? Mm-hmm. Out of 80 total check-ins, there are 55 rankings, and it comes in at a 3.99. So close to that four. The There's a mosaic version that is a 4.06, so that one's more popular. A mosaic is a better mm-hmm. hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a, a more recognizable one. So we just got to make sure we check in the right one. Mm-hmm. I got two friends that have tried it, neither on the show, so I'll mention them. Uh, Doug, Doug Edgar, 4.25, he said, really like this version. And then Brad Penning gave it a four. Nice. Uh, I will say, this isn't a spoiler for this one, uh, but I drank the Mosaic one. I just looked to make sure that I, I was correct. I gave that one a 4.25. So I am part of the uh, Gravity Well Mosaic Club <laughs> that said, we're going to drink this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you ha- actually had it or if you just checked in the wrong one because <laughs> you said, make sure we check in the right one. I, I wouldn't have, uh, I would not have tagged Allison in it, I don't think, if I was at home. Yeah. And unfortunately, like my tag details, I never actually put if I'm there or not. I just know that I usually don't tag Allison if I'm not with her drinking it. So I, I believe I was there drinking it. You guys uh, let me know, because Steve D here says, lightly creamy with a hint of coconut. Are you getting coconut? Is it popping out? I think that's why I said that lotion-y smell. I, the, yeah, maybe. I that's the coconut. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of tropicaliness okay. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's so just I, like I get it. Get, you get that island feeling, so coconut comes to mind. But yeah, I feel like there is some sort of hint of that. Maybe it's coming from the Sabro. <laughs> It's like Sup, bro. having a sex on the beach. Is that what it's like? I wouldn't know. Or Bahama Mama. <laughs> did you get that? Did you get that coconut thing from uh, a check-in from Mario? Or is it another person that agrees with the coconut thing? Oh, that's a different one. Cause... Yeah, Mario B gave it a four and he said mild grapefruit, pale, with mm. some light coconut towards the end, sweet and smooth. I, I have to agree with all of that, minus the coconut thing. I, I guess maybe... When I think coconut, I think overpowering mm-hmm. coconut. No, it's just like a very light hint on the back. Uh, it, when you go to check it in on Untapped, coconut is one of the options, the popular options that come up in the flavor profile. Oh my, here's one. Baxter says hints on melon and mint. What? I see melon, not <laughs> mint so much. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me. He loved it. He gave it a four and a half. Baxter, minty hops. You dirty Baxter. Maybe maybe a little bit from like the the refuse in the bottom of the can. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of like um No, I'm not grassy f- flavor probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, than not getting them. He had it on draft. Yeah, I would I was I don't know, I was just kinda playing around with the, the, the leftovers at the bottom of the can to see maybe if I can get an extra yeah. flavor, but it's definitely not mint. Mm-mm. Definitely not mm. mint. That's weird. One lady on here, Rebecca D, said unique and sour. She probably must not like hops. I wouldn't call them sour. Bitter. But definitely not sour. AJ said a little hop burn, but this is solid. 
You're yeah, four. I got so the burn. Is the burn there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the burn is when you drink from the can. I don't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really ah. get a burn at all from the from the glass after it's poured out. But I think maybe again, I don't do the whole rolling the can on the yeah, desk. Yeah, you didn't get all the dirt oh, okay. like I did. Yeah, all the yeah. dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever got, you want to oh, call it. Yeah. <laughs> I called it refuse earlier, so <laughs> I'm gonna pour the rest of it into my glass and see if that makes a difference. I only like half cocked it. It's it's not like a real hard burn. It's just like on the back right. of your throat. You get that. So like, it kind of reminds tingle. me of uh, right the 450 North Nuggets style. But, yeah, it's right, not that bad, but, though. You know, you get a hint of that. It looks like it too. So I imagine it's like mm-hmm. a, a nice light version. It does. Of that. Yeah, for sure. I've already checked it in. I'm ready to roll. I am typing my thing, so you can go ahead and say what you got. Okay, I give it a four. Um, I don't remember what I said, if I thought of anything for the Mosaic one. But again, I don't think it's at that level. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mosaic hops, and so that could be like a a personal bias of mine. Uh, But this one is like really not bad. Uh, It has a great... like. Uh, citrusy flavor and more that I read the comments it definitely is grapefruit and it kind of works with what I was thinking Uh, it doesn't it ended smooth for me it's probably you know because I didn't have like that BS uh, refuse in the bottom of my can into the glass but I thought it was very smooth Um, and I would be I guess happier on tap but I thought this is pretty good yeah, I agree. I did go a little bit higher at a 4.25. Whoa. I am interested to see the Mosaic version. I'm guessing I probably like that version better just because, uh, yeah, I do like Mosaic more, or I'm at least more familiar with the flavor of Mosaic than Sabro. But uh, I said I I see the little hint of coconut in this, and I don't dislike it. Uh, I think it adds a little unique factor and it's not overpowering because I'm not a huge coconut head either. So um, it's nice to have like just like a little little drop of it in there. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Well, hopefully he brings it here, whoever brings it back in a year. And yeah, I'm sure he will. Because it. it sounds or pretty good. Maybe they'll go a different mm-hmm. hop next time. Get the Gravity mm-hmm. Well series going. Mm-hmm. All right, we have Heretic Brewing Company's Caramel Mucchiato, which is a milk stout with caramel, caramel, and vanilla, coming in at 6% ABV and 25 IBUs, which is Pikachu's Pokedex number on our geek scale. Uh, From the website is where I pulled this description, which is different than untapped. The website says, looking for that rich combination of robust roastiness and creamy sweetness, but tired of your local coffee shop misspelling your name? Time to move on to something different. Our milk stout has rich smoothness that can only come from natural caramel and vanilla flavors. Caramel Mucchiato is a perfect balance of dark and sweet, and you'll want to keep drinking it until the cows come home. And I picked this one based upon the title and a little bit of the label to go with matrix. It's a bit of a stretch here, but in the new movie (laughs) where Neo (laughs) sees Trinity and they're always at the coffee shop and that's where they start talking. And yeah, so a bit of a stretch there. So, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But there we go. It's a great connection. It It works. It's all we hope for. Right. (laughs) Um, Very simple can silver can here with a brown label. We've had heretic before pale or saf. 
this was our that mystery stout graveyard yeah, digger the, one the lost <laughs> episode <laughs> where you've liked your first stout beer or porter whatever it was that was a um, good one so pale i think we also uh, had the make make uh yeah mm-hmm. ipas juicy again. oh yeah something yeah. like that mm-hmm. pale i think you picked this one up oh yeah this was uh, another pickup at snv oh. just down the street from me um i think i was picking up maybe over the summer picking up a 12 pack or something of something like light for the family to drink. And um, I always like take a peek at their craft beer selection and found this one. And I thought, you know, I like m- most of heretics beer and I thought the label was kind of neat, kind of yeah, creative. So I grabbed it and hopefully we enjoy it. So to finish with the label, we got the cow sitting in the little coffee cup with the little heretic devil on the coffee cup. I like that little guy. And the cow's just chilling in there, holding one of these beers in a bottle. It's pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of like a label that I would see from like Horny Goat, yeah. where they have like their peanut butter stouts, where they just kind of like chilling, like, hey, look at me, mm-hmm. I'm drinking my own <laughs> <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> I forgot about that brewery. I keep seeing this cow's tail, and I think it's like a, a tea bag, like hanging <laughs> off the, like a string hanging off the edge. Oh, I didn't even notice that, but you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, what was unique about this that when I went to the website, believe it or not, they gave their own SRM, and that's why I threw this on here. So it takes the guessing game away from us. Um, so they gave it a fifty on their SRM, and our geek scale that would be the smoke monster. While looking at it mm-hmm. with the color, yeah, it's pretty pretty dark. Oh, that's get a little bit of the the brown around the edge when you hold it up to the light. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was up. just reading on their website that the cow's not sitting in coffee; he's sitting in his own diarrhea. Oh God! <laughs> what? <laughs> I, just, I didn't read that. <laughs> You're drinking cow shit. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Could never tell. It, it it is what it is. So give it a sniff there, so, Pale. What do you got? No, did we decide on a color? Like, were you thinking they did xenomorph yeah, they did for you? I, well, they did for us, pal. If you were listening to me when I was talking, SRM. Oh, 50. sorry, I was probably laughing about something. Yeah, the 50. SRM fifty. <laughs> they took the guessing away from oh, us. Oh, they gave oh. it to us on the website. So yeah, I didn't make the connection. I, I even heard him while I was coming up with that diarrhea joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never used smoke monsters, so I didn't click with me. Okay. There's really not much of a difference once you get down there, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's all dark. What do you got, pal? Um, I'm getting very sweet. Very sweet, massive notes of caramel. Um, a little bit of vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd because I'm not getting the I'm not getting any chocolate or coffee, and we're so accustomed to picking that up right away. That's but true. I don't even know. If, I don't think we're gonna. Not even get roasty. It's chocolate. just sweet. Yeah, not even roasty or nutty. Just super. Where would sweet. you have gotten the nuts from? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Nothing says they added anything like that in. Like no pecans or... Yeah, I was thinking with more of the coffee theme that it would be <clears throat> more of a roasty smell to it. Right, yeah. So. Yeah. I understand, I understand that. Yeah. Roasted I feel beans. like potentially the caramel is such a strong flavor that it just kind of took over. 
And you also said that's a two-year-old beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it still smells sweet, so drink it up, Pale, what you got? Okay. It's weird that they call it an imperial milk stout when it's only 6%. I thought it had to be higher than that. Yeah, I thought... I was thinking like, so like at least nine or something like that. <laughs> Eight or nine. I think it's not bad. It's very caramelly. Is um, it as sweet as it smells? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Very much so. It's very sweet. Uh, the vanilla comes at the end for me, and it kind of finishes a little dry. Um, and it it kind of falls off like fairly quickly, but definitely it's very sweet. Um, like caramel and vanilla are there. Uh, it's not like super like full in body, but um, it's really not. It's not bad. No, it's something really a little good. different than what we're used to. It's really good, but with that sweetness, when it finishes on your lips, you get the, it's like sticky. So you can tell there's a lot of sugar, uh, sweetness that's in it, but it's not bitter. It's a little bit bitter at the end. And I think that may come from the age, but this sweetness Maybe. has held up like the entire time. I'm really impressed with this. This is very good. I'm not getting any coffee. Pale, are you getting anything? Nope. I didn't think so. And also, it's not an Imperial. It doesn't say that anywhere. The next one we have on the next... Uh, it says it on an uh, Untapped. It, it says does? Imperial Milk Stout with Madagascar. Oh, it does. Well, that's why I got it from the website <laughs> and not Untapped. It, yeah, it definitely drinks like a 6%. For, yeah, the can doesn't say it either. It just says Milk Stout with natural caramel and... Somebody flavor. effed up Untapped like usual. Somebody screwed up. It gets better. It definitely gets better as you continue to drink it. Like, yeah. like your palate is gets know, ready, accustomed to, mm-hmm. to the sweetness, and it just yeah. very good, very good blend. If you told me this beer was two years old, I would not believe you. No. So yeah, uh, I can't fault it for age. All right. Well, on the lovely Untapped machine, we have four thousand point one. So I guess 4,100 check-ins. Uh, 3.95 is the average. I have zero friends. Yeah, I have zero friends who check this in. Yeah, same. Um, Jim parentheses says, nope, Jim qu- quote symbol says, not bad, no coffee, sweet and subtle caramel. Did I mention no coffee? So this guy didn't notice the coffee either, so it's not just the age, I think. He gave it a four out of five. And this other guy said, Dan D says, the first stout Hannah liked, mmm, refreshing, and gave it a 4.25. Pram. <laughs> I was about to read that one. <laughs> Pram S, yeah. Yep. Uh, she? I'm going to say she. She gave this a 3.5. Uh, like cookies and cream, lovely sweet stout. Not all night drink, but having fun drinking this. Oh, so they couldn't drink like they couldn't drink like just a bunch of these back to back because probably the, it's too sweet. But oh, I was thinking that you pour the big boy and then you just drink it all night long. You just oh, drink the maybe. one. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be like my definition, but I guess not. I don't know. They should have been more specific in their feedback. I guess so. Uh, Kazuto said, I have a thing for sweet stouts and I'm not ashamed to admit it. 4.5. It's nice to have like a little dessert beer every now and then. 
I think I can get behind like having a sweet beer, right, or a sweet stout. I just don't like caramel, so I don't know how like I would do with this one. Is it more caramel forward or vanilla, or is it just like sugary sweet? You can't really tell. It's kind of really sugary sweet, but the vanilla I think kind of outpowers the the caramel because. It's hard to say what a caramel tastes like. <laughs> I don't have it very often, so it's hard to describe. It's just like sweet. Yeah, you would have yeah, to have like a, of... a caramel macchiato from like Starbucks to to really. The way that somebody described it to me, and I totally agree, would be super sticky, sugary, and kind of taste burnt. Yeah, and there that's kind of burnt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, Larry B said four. I gave it a four. It says smells great. Lots of caramel and vanilla. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't like this. It's definitely worth worth a try if you ever see it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, yeah, it is worth a try just for the the different, like something different than your. I'm loving the sweetness. I get the stickiness. Probably is from the caramel. Right. I have a pale pairing right here. <gasps> is it Gavin? Yeah, it is Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin S. gave it a three and a half. He said, smooth, toasty, sweet, maybe too sweet at points. For me, could have had breakfast with pancakes. Mmm. So That's there a good you go. one. Pale's pairing. Pour it directly on those pancakes. That would be <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Just dip them in there, sop it up. How about like some strawberries? Like dip it and Ooh. that wouldn't be too bad. Well, I checked in. What you got? Me too. But you can start. All right. I went with a four out of five. I said very sweet, great notes of caramel. Would like to see a variant with 10 to 12% AV to smooth out some of the sweetness. So yeah, definitely worth a try. I I enjoy it. I don't know if it's something I would drink all the time, um, but it's, yeah, it's 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 a good addition to the heretic lineup i went a little higher than you i gave it a four and a half um Mm. as we said it's very sweet and usually with some of these beers it's sweet up front and then it just drops this sweetness lingers throughout and it's got to be from the the caramel and the vanilla that lasts throughout this and for me that's not a bad thing um i didn't want to give it a full five because when i'm thinking macchiato coffee cup if there was a hint or a blast of coffee yeah. to this boom i would have given this one a five right off the bat um but there's not that much in it and you're right pal um i do agree with you that this is just a little too sweet because mm-hmm. i mean you still want to drink a beer right but um if there's anybody that doesn't like the sourness not sourness but the bitterness of um stouts and that this would definitely be a good one that they could check out because it is really, really sweet. It's, yeah, it's and very. I've never tr- had the Starbucks, so I can't compare it to that drink. But yeah, it's very close sure to the like Starbucks a- drink. It's a little bit too close to it. I like to bring it more towards like the beer. Bring it more into a beer and add a little more alcohol or or some add something maybe a, a hop or more grain something. No, I think you're right. You just need to up the ABV on it. You just imperialize it. You could. Mm. Add all sorts of good stuff to this. Mm-hmm. Let it sit a little bit longer, kind of spit out. Yep, blend it a little bit better than just like the pure sugary sweetness. But it's good. I wonder if Great they've fun. done an imperial version. That's why the what Untapped said that 
like they just had Could the wrong be. description on there. Maybe. If not, they should. All right, Dustin, uh, before we get to the Matrix, did you have an IBU number in mind for our beer? I was thinking like 40-something. Mm, I was closer to 30, but the long, the warmer it gets, uh, the longer it sits here, the higher that number goes for yeah. me. Yeah, once I poured the rest of it into the like can, or the rest of my can in the, into the glass, it, it definitely had uh, like a good like flavor to it. But I, I don't know what we got for f- in the 40s or late 30s. That would Go be relevant. with 45, the John Wayne tribute, 45 pistol, because they use guns in the Matrix quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There. Not there. the most recent Matrix, but in the, the original trilogy they do. Mm. I don't think Neo ever picks up a gun in the new one. I don't think You're so right. either. <laughs> he does a whole lot of this. <laughs> yeah that's his favorite move yeah <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> spoilers I broke it, it doesn't work <laughs> spoilers for the new matrix we're going to talk about the matrix trilogy plus one I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. I guess let's start with the original trilogy briefly, give our little history. Uh, The Matrix came out in 1999, the original. I remember... I first saw it on VHS for Christmas. My brother got the Matrix on VHS and I got uh, Wild Wild West. So I know those came out the same year because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Super high quality VHS. uh, The way to watch a movie for sure. Like this. (laughs) I really, I really missed, I missed the VHSs. Like on the square TV too, <laughs> yeah, nice. on the big tube, <laughs> big tube That's box like probably TV. twelve inch tube in my room or something. Yeah, and it's, it's like seventy pounds. <laughs> the best part is like you turn it off like at an action scene, and you can still see the. And action you can still scene. see it burnt in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the premier way to watch the Matrix in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think watching it on my phone is better quality than that was even though it's a much smaller screen at least the quality like that grainy footage it and i still loved it even though it was such shitty quality and i couldn't wait to see the second and third one but uh, right. yeah that's how i originally got into the matrix was the bad vhs copy i think i think we're all right there with that i don't remember the first time i watched it if it was like on a pay-per-view or if it was <laughs> on a vhs but I'm 100% on board. Like, as soon as I watched it, like, I knew, because I heard that it was going to be, like, a like a trilogy or there's going to be more mm-hmm. of them made. And I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely go to the movie theater to watch this one. Because at that time, I was, like, a what, a sophomore in high school? So I definitely could have. <laughs> yeah. 
Say, I don't remember when the first time I watched it. It may have been over at your house, Safbeck, or oh, probably Brickers, was. where probably we that did same VHS. those movie nights. Because I don't remember <laughs> going to the theater for this. Oh, but. I for sure did not go to the theater. That was what ninety nine. I was eleven. Yeah, we were in sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Yeah, I was trying to remember like when I was freaking out about Y two K. Like, what year was I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what grade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, How I just saw this I? maybe five years ago on for the DVD. first time. Yeah, for the first time, I never. It was never in our house. I don't think. That's so strange. Yeah, it is very strange considering my dad was a sci-fi fan. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I know I own it on DVD and I think I saw it all the way through about five years ago. So wow. you it missed really... out on a ton of like movie references because everybody <laughs> parody movie oh always did God. scenes from this. Yeah. So you probably yeah. were like, what does that mean? <laughs> like the Mr. Anderson or like there were so who, many movies that? that year, like the 2000, 2001 did like the freeze in the air and then like turn the camera around to the other side <laughs> or the dodging the bullets. Like, yeah, that was huge. Deuce Bigelow male gigolo has a freaking thing where yeah. he, he jumps up in the air and gets kicked or something and it like freezes on him. And then I know sca- one of the scary movies does it like it was everywhere. Yep. Scary, scary movies do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. Uh, but I loved the... It was like an original story, and it really was more of a thinker for that time of in action movies where you had to like put the whole story together and maybe watch it more than once to get all the details. And then right. like how they kind of pulled things from anime and like Hong Kong action movies and then also like American action movies and like just mashed them all together to make this the whole trilogy, mm-hmm. but mo- like especially the first one. They use a lot of like Japanese animation in this movie and a lot of um, like karate and Kung Fu, and, which is really, I thought the directors did a great job just making it a fresh experience with a great story. They also pulled in a lot of, uh, like psychological things and also mm-hmm. phil- philosophical mm-hmm. things. Uh, like, f- well, first off, the white rabbit that was in your face, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow the white rabbit. So that's in your mind to do something. And the white rabbit is clearly a reference to Through the Looking Glass uh, by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And then the, like, the book that Neo hides his. Uh, the not the cassette, but like the little disket thing, and the money when he was like mm-hmm. trading the to clear the you know whatever the bank records or whatever records or references that people have his little hacker shit that was in the book called the Simu Simu Simulacara and Simulation. I think that's what the name of the book is. It's a 1980s book by a philosophical, uh, cultural theorist guy. And uh, I don't remember his name, but he basically examined the relationship between reality and symbols and other things like that. And so the Matrix and this like this is like up that alley of thinking that, you know, life is a simulation is through this book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the first time I heard that idea where we're living in a simulation was from them. And then now that's really caught on. And like, could are we 
is are we in the matrix are we not like yeah. it's possible made people think but i'm like well definitely not you know 20 years ago technology was <laughs> right. we we're freaking out over y2k we're not sophisticated <laughs> exactly. enough to have <laughs> uh, these level of advancements in technology but at least at the time for movie wise you know to create those 3d scenes and everything i mean it, it was really cutting edge yeah revolutionary mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's also a lot of religious symbolism mm-hmm. neo's the one he dies and he resurrects and he's like in a cross pose at the end when he dies mm-hmm. oh that sounds so familiar i've <laughs> heard that before <laughs> <laughs> this also follows like the the one trope right where there's always gonna be one person in a story that's gonna save the day and he's got to overcome something whether it's un- like believing that he's the one or overcome some kind of hurdle uh I don't know what starts it, but this definitely is like one of the main things of that trope is this movie. I was going to say another thing that uh, you, you said that it was like a thinker. I think this is like the the longest running thinker that I could think of outside of or right before Inception happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it kind so, of led to like Christopher Nolan doing the stuff he does yeah like shutter island or you yeah. know inception where it's like this biggest mind fuck and you're like holy ma- holy moly i don't know i don't <laughs> what's going on <laughs> to speak of that like i had literally no idea like what was going on like like going through and uh, i mean i guess i was living vicariously through neo trying to figure out what's real what's not real and you know once you understand it you're like Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does get a bit confusing like separating reality from virtual virtual reality or whatever. Mhm. Right. But once you understand it, you're like wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it kind of reminds me of like Black Mirror or anything like that where yeah, like, like Black Mirror or whatever. One. You're so in, invested in the uh, what's going on within this uh, virtual reality realm that you start to forget about what's going on in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, the metaverse, we might be plugging in. It's true. <laughs> right. It's coming. <laughs> I can't wait for it. It's like, there it is. It's just like Wally. Well, yeah. I can't wait for it. The The one thing I have about the originals and that didn't age well, and I'm glad they addressed it in the new movie. I know we're not on that yet, but uh, was the whole the telephone, and you had to leave via yes, the I'm phone. Yes, I'm glad they got rid of that. Because it was all dial-up back then. It's like, that's the internet, mm-hmm. and how you had to escape was via the phone. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and now like, they just they create porters, to... portals and mirrors, and you can jump through them now. So mm-hmm. like, oh, that's crazy. And I, I like how the uh, – well, I'll get to that when we get to that. But um, by the time we get to the third movie, they kind of – almost drop the foot like you're yeah. never worried about them being stuck in the matrix by the time they get there it's like yeah. something they use in the first one it's just so 1999 one yeah <laughs> by the third one uh neo's kind of got wi-fi technology because he can use his neo powers outside of the matrix and like stops the sentinels yep so they <laughs> just he's he's tethered they're hot spotting the matrix for him and he's just tethering <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing I found interesting on rewatching the trilogy, the originals, like the first Matrix, 
makes you rethink reality and kind of tells you everything you know about the world you're living in is wrong. And then in the second one, he Neo goes and visits the architect and is told again, like, everything you just learned in the free, previous movie is wrong. Like, this has all happened before. <laughs> you're not the first one. And then so every movie you're like, oh, shit, now I got to rethink everything again because uh, uh, everything I learned before is wrong again, which I think is pretty interesting. Right. I thought that was a very, like, weird, like, I don't know, design flaw of the system. You have two people who are developing this world, and then you pick one person out of this entire, like, collective to be the spokesperson, representative of the collective. Every <laughs> and every generation is born a slayer, which is from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was interesting. Definitely weird. I will say what's weird, and this doesn't happen that often, uh, Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions are released in the same year. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so, they're filmed back to back. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, which one came first? <laughs> <laughs> it does get confusing. Like, I understand which one comes first because, uh, you know, I've seen them all. But, like, you're looking at that, you're like, the names make sense, but... Do I have it right? <laughs> <laughs> because you could technically watch Revolutions without watching Reloaded and be like, well, yeah, yeah, you don't really, there's not much happens. <laughs> you're like, oh, I understand that he's stuck in the Matrix. But I don't know, like, why. I get that he is. And then there's a couple of callbacks to the previous film. Uh, with the the conductor and the family that's in there with him and the the fact that they're going between the software. But outside of that, there's no real like reference to having to have watched the other ones the other one to make, you know, that movie make sense. Yeah. So I guess you're, that's a good thing. As I say you're introduced to the Merovingian in the second one and then you, they go visit him again in the third one. But really it, you get all the you need to know about the Merovingian in the third one. You don't really need the introduction in the second one so i guess the real thing that is necessary for you to understand the third one would be the how how is um how are there million smiths yeah how how are there a million of them and that's explained in the second one but that's not pivotal information you don't need that to watch this film right um I think that it's funny the religious part and the spiritual part that you you're referencing uh is really like a kind of like a weird uh thing for me because you have all these people that are portraying the fact that they don't believe in said religion or they don't believe in the oracle but yet they're drawn to like believe or yeah. react upon like the one they're like what that what what these people say or do yeah right and I was like, I don't know if I trust it, but I trust you. Why? Why do you trust him? He's the one. Clearly, like, that's the reason yeah. why. I've seen him. He do <laughs> Look at what he's doing. <laughs> he appears differently on the screens that you're watching outside of the Matrix, and he can fly and do shit that nobody else in this world can do. So there's obviously something special about him. I don't know if he's the savior, but you have to have some sort of faith, I guess yeah, is what they're trying to say. Right. I mean, if you're living in that world where you literally have no hope, you cling to whatever mm-hmm. scrap of hope that you can find. And yeah, in a machine run world. Uh, were the second two movies well received? If I remember correctly, I thought people just liked the first one. And I remember this last two. Everyone's like, yeah, these are shit. 
Yeah, that's pretty the, much yeah. it. Okay, I want to make sure my memory was right. <laughs> this, yeah, and I, I always thought it was. I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. I understand the flaws. They're they're flawed movies in a, in a certain sense because they don't do exactly what the first movie does. But just rewatch the first movie if that's what you want. <laughs> like, this is just expanding on that and giving you yeah. a new story. Uh, but I think what happened is the second one kind of diverts and tells you everything about the first movie you love is wrong. And then that was, and people just left confused after, Mm -hmm. because it ends with like 10 minute scene with the architect kind of describing everything. And you have to watch that scene like two or three times to get like (laughs) what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) Cause it's Mm -hmm. so dense dialogue and they use like terminology that you're not used to. And like a lot of computer lingo. Yeah. And then people are like, okay, I'll see the third one, I guess. Hopefully it'll explain things more. <laughs> and then it doesn't really do any th- explaining. It just is like Continue. about ending the war. Yeah. So people were like, okay, I guess we're done with these movies now. I never watched the second and third just because of that the criticism. So, but I watched a YouTube video on the, the whole trilogy, like explained. explained. It was like six minutes long. It And it really just, it wasn't enough. <laughs> for me to take in like the f- second and third one. So it really like kind of hurt my perception of the fourth one, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I think that you probably, you could have spent the time to watch those other movies, but yet if we were to watch that six minute video on YouTube, like that, that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to gain anything more watching those two movies than, than you got. Like that's how those movies were. They were, kind of hard oh, okay. to follow. I was thinking, okay, I feel like I'm missing more than what this dude is explaining to me, but nah. I guess that's just what what the second third one offered was just in the uh second one, I remember I just got this on upon my rewatch. Uh Neo goes back to see the Oracle again and he has to fight that Jet Lee looking guy. I say Jet Lee because he was originally going to have that role, but it was too small of a role, so he turned it down. But that's who they wanted in that role. Uh, I got that he's he's one of those captchas. Like, count how many yeah. uh, <laughs> stop signs are in this image. Like, <laughs> yes. that's that's what that character is. Because really, yes, Neo so has to fight him and prove that he's the one. And like, yeah, he's, he's he, all he is is like a password protector or whatever yeah. <laughs> for the Oracle. I. Can't what is this number? Can you see this number? Yeah, it's three six three six. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, can't continue. I'm a robot. How many stop signs? <laughs> the little corner. Yeah, there's it's a little like bit a in the corner there. I I want to select it. You should. That's how you pass the test. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I think that uh, unless you guys have anything else on the, we can move on to the fourth uh, one. I will say that there's. Um, there's a couple of like relationships that, you know, you're kind of, ha- you know, trying to have to understand while you're like doing this, like tank dozer and link. You have to understand that family. Oh, right. Uh, the people, there's a lot of supporting characters that if you spent the time and focused on, I think it would be like really beneficial to watching this movie. Mm-hmm. But like outside of the main three people, uh, you really don't have to know much. Maybe Niobe, like as a as a Niobe's, yeah, a big one. Um, there's that stupid kid that's like 
29 yeah. years old, but he plays a 16 year old. <laughs> He's from the Animatrix, which is another interesting thing that they were doing. Uh, they did like six animated episodes or whatever separately to tie into the movie. And they also did like enter the matrix, the video game that like added to the story as well. So like, yeah. And apparently enter the matrix was um, considered Canon, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Morpheus dies in that. That's why he's not in the movie in the third movie or fourth movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of content out there related to it. And so Just, I guess there's a lot of characters to try to understand. So as long as you can get some, what of an understanding, you're good. And uh, Link's wife, she's pretty small role, but she's an important role. That was originally Aaliyah, but she died during filming. So that she was recast with, I don't know that actress's name. And uh, for the architect, they originally wanted Sean Connery to play that role. But he turned it down. But that guy does look exactly like a Sean Connery character. And imagine his Scottish accent explaining all that. It would oh. be even harder yeah. to understand. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, her name is Nana Gay. And she's the daughter of Marvin Gay. She was in a few movies around that time, but ah, uh, that's why. Yeah, she was in Harlem Nights. Polar Express as a voice of one of the girls. She was in Triple uh, X, State of the Union. Was she in Ali? Yeah, she was in Ali. Yeah, yeah. Which with Will Smith and Will Smith was supposed to be Mr. Anderson, but he turned down the role. Which is weird that Jada Pinkett's in interesting. it. Because <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, okay, so on to the fourth one. Uh, brief description, since it's a new movie. I'll... Sure, absolutely. To find out if his reality is a physical or mental construct, Mr. Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. If he's learned anything, it's that choice, while an illusion, is still the only way out of, or into, the Matrix. Neo already knows what he has to do, but what he doesn't know yet is that the Matrix is stronger, more secure, and far more dangerous than ever before. So the deal at the end of the trilogy was that Neo gives himself up so that to end the war and uh, the robots agree to allow everyone to go free as long as they want to, if they choose that. But uh, it's kind of like uh, they don't really have that ever are given the choice or the choice is an illusion. So they're kind of just stuck there. Mm -hmm. But uh, thinking about it, I was like, would I rather live in this shitty underground Zion shit or live in the Matrix where it just seems so much easier? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if it is fake. You're kept alive. You don't have to worry about that shit. Like, yeah. They take care of all the things. It's like I've had this conversation before. It's like, do I really? Would I? Would I take the red pill? If my choice is Zion... I, yeah, like I don't think I'd want to live down in that dirt hole. Yeah, they have nice raves down there apparently, but yeah, that's a tough decision because in the Matrix it seems like everything is okay at the most for the most part. Comes down to I think knowing, do you want to know the truth? And sometimes yeah. the more you're exposed to that, then sure, okay, <laughs> it's shit out here. Plug me back in. I obviously don't want to go back, but. Then yeah, you're this whole 
being chased out of the Matrix all the time. Yeah. The Joey Pantaleone character in the first movie that he's like, uh, screws over the people on Nebuchadnezzar because he's like, I want to go back in the Matrix. Uh, I know this steak isn't real that I'm eating, but it's better than the shit I'm eating on the outside, (laughs) even though it's like. It's uh, all about perception and what's your reality. Uh, for this new movie, we have a very fa- uh, very familiar cast list for a couple of the main characters. Three of the four people I mentioned earlier are repeats uh, with uh, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. Uh, Keanu. Ke- I was like, what is his fucking name? <laughs> John Wick. Uh, John, John Wick as Mr. Anderson <laughs> Neo. And then we had um, uh, Jada Smith Pinkster. Pink Smith, whatever her name was, uh, as Niobe. Uh, but then we have new faces in this, which is really interesting. I was wondering how they were going to explain some of these. Uh, but yeah. we have the new uh, Agent Smith, which is the probably my favorite character in all of Hamilton, which was Jonathan Groff. Uh, then we have, uh, I'm not even going to really butcher this name, but it's Aya Abdal Mateen second as the Morpheus character, but he's also explained in the movie as a mixture between Morpheus and Agent Smith. And then Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst, which I kind of figured was like the new architect. Yes. And then we have uh, Jessica Henwick as Bugs, which is a new character. Uh, And Jessica Henwick actually turned down a role in Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi. Yeah. For this movie. She was supposed to be the sister in that movie. Yeah, she didn't want to give up on the Iron Fist character yeah. quite yet. She's Yeah, because she's hoping that they would bring those Colleen into the Wing. Marvel Universe. Yep. And then and we have... Like, yeah, I'm, already, uh, I'm already in the Marvel Universe. I don't need to be <laughs> in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then we have uh, Priyanka uh, Chopra, Chopra as the... As Sati, which is the character that is in the train station, but as a little girl in the first one. So it was wonderful to hear that that was Sati in this film. I loved it. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out what this Morpheus was. Like, it's kind of confusing because in... So uh, the, the robots pick up Neo, put him back together, and decide that him, the energy that him and... Uh, what's her character's name? Trinity. The, the, the energy that those two create can power the Matrix basically on its own. <laughs> like They don't even really need any other people, and uh, but they want to keep them in there. And so they make Mr. Anderson look really old to the world so you don't see Keanu. But you, it's kind of hard. They don't really explain that. They, you kind of see it in reflections every now and then that he's an old dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for... The viewing audience, he just looks like Keanu. But he creates a video game or a trilogy of games. I guess he really makes the video game trilogy of the movies that we watched. Yep. Mm -hmm. And in those, this new Morpheus is also Agent Smith. And then that guy gets pulled out of that video game into like nanobots in outside of the Matrix, Mm -hmm. which was very confusing to me. It was a cool concept, so it means that you can take elements of the Matrix and have it in the real world, so the consciousness 
can be passed from one to the other. I mean, I get it, but yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. But they had to do something to keep New Morpheus in it. So yeah, I had to look up. Um, so why isn't it Lawrence Fishburne? But so because <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's he's dead. So he's like a recreated right. Morpheus character in order to get like Matrix. that character back without having Lawrence Fishburne because outside of the Matrix, sixty years have passed. I think they say so. Niobe's yeah. like super old and she's running uh, whatever the new Zion. It's not called Zion anymore. I th- and they're working with the robots because some robots decided they don't want to. Like a civil war broke out between the robots after the trilogy because like. They didn't like the deal that was made with Neo that people can go have free will and because now like their food supply or their energy supply is running low. So there was a big war and some of the robots moved down to underground with humans and now they're working together. Mm -hmm. I think that if the original Agent Smith actor had come back and then they would probably would have brought back Lawrence Fishburne. Because he still would have been digital, he would have been dead. Yeah, but it. Yeah, I think since they didn't have the one, they couldn't really bring the other in. Because if he's recreating mm-hmm. that in the, the Matrix in his video game within the Matrix, then yeah, it wouldn't have worked. I thought there was like some scheduling conflict uh, with Hugo, but I couldn't. I can't remember what it specifically was. Because mm-hmm. yeah, people asked him about it. It's like. I don't know. And <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne said he was never even asked. <laughs> yeah. From one, one interview I saw, but maybe he was just being cheeky or something. I thought he was just trying to cover up that he was actually in it, but no, he was not in it. That's what I thought too. I kept waiting for it. And I'm like, <gasps> Where, where's Lawrence Fishburne? Sad. There was a statue of him that yeah. they referenced. Like they, and I was like, shouldn't there actually be a statue of Neo down here? Like Morpheus only believed in Neo, <laughs> but Neo. Neo's the, actually the one that did everything. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I will say, uh, hearing some feedback from people who aren't as big as nerds as we are, uh, he, a friend of mine texted me like halfway through the movie. He's like, "Do I continue watching this?" And he's just like, he was just bored after <laughs> yeah. you know watching the the hour long setup or hour and a half long setup. I do agree that it was kind of kind of slow to figure out what was going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but as soon as he gets unplugged and they work towards unplugging Trinity, like that kind of went That's quickly really, and yeah. very, yeah, very fast. And I like how it's like a slow burn because the first movie is like that. Like, I mean, we get a big action scene up front and we got that same action scene again in this movie, but it's like uh, Bugs and the other couple of people are like commenting like this is different than the way i like then it really happened and then you realize like it's actually them inside the video game right uh Mm. but it's like the same exact opening scene which is pretty cool and then uh i really like how meta this movie was it's like um keanu's being told he has to make a new matrix game is what the wachowskis were told for years like you've got to make a new matrix movie (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) them not wanting to do it, him not wanting to do it. Like, I thought that was funny. And then, like, basically calling the audience stupid for wanting to a new Matrix movie. (laughs) Yeah, I saw like they started filming this before the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and they had to shut down production. And 
the director, Lana Wachowski, she wanted to just leave the movie. She wanted to just abandon it and like just erase it. And Warner and the cast was like, no, we've started. Let's just finish this. But I guess like the Wachowskis were against big time. Yeah, they never wanted to do another one. No, but they got pushed into it. And I read, uh, so so Lana, Lana Wachowski is the one that did this one. And, uh, couple of years ago both her parents died like back to back and then so she just started she went back to the matrix and she was like i want to bring these two dead characters back and that just brought comfort to me after losing my parents so that's why she came back interesting Hmm. yeah and her sister she was like a producer or something i think is what i saw her wife um oh oh okay yeah it wasn't her sister her sister was involved but it was her wife that produced it yeah her mm. yeah the sister didn't want to go back to the matrix i don't so <laughs> i think lana 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 just did it on her own yeah it was karen winslow i don't know if she because she's married now and from 2009 i don't know if she changed her name but in the movie it showed that it was karen uh Wachowski, so I don't know, um, but it, it was her uh, her wife, and yeah, Lily didn't really do anything, did she? Since she probably got credit just for create help creating this world, but she I, I don't think she actually did anything on this movie. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't really look too too far into that, but there is a aspect now that we're talking about their personal lives a little bit that there's like this underlining allegory of these films uh, being compared to them, like being closeted transgender women. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you watch the movie in that aspect, it's like, wow, that makes fucking sense. Uh, in the first movie, they had a character that was female outside of the matrix. But when she jacked in, she was a male because that's how she identified or vice versa, I don't remember which way it was, but Warner Brothers wouldn't let them do that, which I'm surprised they didn't do it now, because on cause on that movie, they're on the original trilogy, they're credited as the Wachowski brothers, and now they're the Wachowski siblings, but uh, it's interesting how they transitioned, and then they weren't allowed to have their characters go through that, even though that's kind of the vision they had. There was the one character that I thought um was very close to what you just described but i don't remember switch uh yeah Blender that's McClory. the one that's why it has the yeah. name switch because she she switched <laughs> but yeah i mean you could tell like she had i mean i guess man clothes in the matrix but like she you know like when she wore like that one like almost see-through you can still see like breasts so I don't know that I I think that's part of like what they were trying to do to mm-hmm. eliminate. There's also something interesting that's new movie does is like comment on how toxic the internet has become. And like there's a reason because if people are arguing all the time, that produces more energy for the robots. So that's why mm-hmm. Facebook is so feeds you mm-hmm. negative. It's, it's the, the algorithm mm-hmm. making things in our reality more i don't know embattled or whatever because it gives the robots more energy yeah hmm. see i thought there would be more of a let 
like social media aspect or I was waiting on something like the dark web or something like there's an right. there's something outside like the people on the outside are creating the dark web to take down the internet which is the matrix which is run by the robot so I don't know, I, we've come so far in the last 20 some years I figured they'd pull more yeah, the, modern day elements in but they didn't so cuz it'd be mm-hmm. obsolete <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I thought Neo's company was a social media thing. That's true. Like when I saw, saw yeah. like mm-hmm. the, the trailers and everything, I was like, "Damn, that looks like like a social media platform or a company that he started." You know, that's probably, and it just ended up being like a game thing. I was like, "Oh, that's boring." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like really him, like trying to figure out ways to take down the machines, and he's like forming his own like rebellion alliance. <laughs> I guess it's a, the biggest like visual way of you know him telling the story of the Matrix that he remembers just using like video game as a visual instead of like writing a book or whatever. But or I get a it. movie, yeah. All right. There's the scene where he's like on the treadmill and it keeps like re like going to that conference and like people are like shouting like new bullet time and like there's got to be guns and more action yeah. and all this. That is the Reddit message board talking about the matrix new movie like there's it's got to be this all these people putting in their ideas of what the matrix is and like she's making fun of those people (laughs) that's why it's like that's what i think that's what turned people off it's like wait that's that's what i was saying on twitter last week and now it's like she's making fun of me for saying it's like yeah you should stop just watch (laughs) things you don't have to input your ideas on everything Right. It'd be nice if more people were mean to those dill holes. <laughs> yeah. I will say I watched like three video reviews on YouTube and nobody really liked this movie, <laughs> which I was a little surprised. I was surprised by that too, because I watched it and I really enjoyed it. And, and then it wasn't until like a couple weeks later, I was like, wait, all I'm seeing is negative comments on this. Why are people mm-hmm. so negative? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, my friend texts me and he's like, what did you think of the movie? I'm like, I fucking loved it. He's like, really? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he finished it and I think he enjoyed the ending of it. But I mean, I totally understand. Like there's a like a weird like hatred for this movie. And I think it, there's a lot of like uh, people who are, you know, transphobic or homophobic or whatever that will have their opinion about the directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the outside of that, I still think that there's people who think that there is an issue with these movies. And I think the slow pace has something to do with it. But yeah, I mean, I was going to say pacing was kind of the issue for me because I watched it. Bob came over. God loves <laughs> it. But he came over and he goes, Oh, you, you let's watch matrix. So we watched matrix and, so, of course, I had to pause it so he could get up and go to the bathroom. When I hit pause, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's an hour and a half left to this? I thought we were just getting to the end. Yeah. Oh my and I'm gosh. like, whoa. I didn't. I wasn't even paying attention to the time until I had to pause it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much more to this. How are they going to end it? I mean, I was excited to see the end after it all came together. But I, I do agree. It's a bit of a pacing thing. Like, okay, let, let, let's speed it up a little bit. And for my my previous comment i don't think that if you dislike this film you're transphobic i didn't 
I did not mean to make this sound like that. That is not what I believe. There are certain people that might have that opinion, but not just because you have that opinion doesn't mean you think that or whatever. Yeah, just double check, just making sure that my people is good. Because I was like, oh shit, I literally just said that if you hated this (laughs) film. (laughs) There's other reasons, I think, to not enjoy it. Like for me, I just, I wasn't, like, I liked a lot of parts of it, but I just didn't think it was as cool as the first one like there wasn't a lot of things that it did differently and um there was things that they didn't didn't put in this one that was in the first one and um thought they could have done a little bit more with it with like the the slow motion the bullet timing and um some of the (laughs) camera work in the conference room (laughs) (laughs) pales reddit (laughs) but it's also interesting (laughs) that your comments interesting after because you didn't watch the second two and mm-hmm. those are wildly different than the first one. And this is like so cl- much closer to the first one than mm-hmm. those are. Yeah. And like uh, how it like kind of dipped with those. And I think this is back up in quality. And right. But you you just like solid. But like, yeah, the bar. Because you didn't watch the movie. I didn't watch the second and third one. So the bar was like pretty <laughs> freaking high in the beginning. And it, so that's why I'm kind of a little more negative on it and i think a lot of people did that too they didn't watch mm-hmm. the second two because right. honestly i can't remember much besides the third one like the ending yeah. other than that i don't remember much that happened in between i remember the first one clearly but yeah i think a lot of people came back trying to expect to recreate the magic of the first one and it just wasn't there but a lot of it's nostalgia yeah, and that's what i love about this that for people our age that it all the stuff from 20 30 years ago or 20 years ago i guess 30 we might not remember as much but 20 years ago, it's all making a comeback. So a lot of the nostalgia kicks up the liking factor. And But you're right. Those people that were harsh the first time probably still aren't going to like it the second mm-hmm. time around. It's so nice that Twitter wasn't around when the first Matrix came out. Like, imagine oh, yeah. how negative comments on this, like, new type yeah. of movie and stuff. Like, now that's, like, instant feedback is so annoying. Right. It's like instant reaction. But yeah, it's annoying. I do like the fact that it was updated. I... As a software developer, like seeing like mm-hmm. his office and what he does and his building, like this shit's cool. I like this updated, <laughs> you know, thing. Uh, I wasn't, you know, too thrilled with the whole like non-explained, uh, no need to jack into a phone anymore. It's like mirrors, you know, whatever. They uh, kind but- of set up mirrors in the first one because he like touches that mirror and it gets all gloopy on him. We never see that again throughout any of the movies, and then they kind of harken back to that a little bit. But it's never explained why mirrors, why not windows, right. doors, why not doors? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, doors did work there for a while, didn't they? The, well, it was, it was on, the door on the train. Was they wa- went through the train. They door, went through yeah. a mirror and walked out a door. Oh, that was it. I knew a door was in there. I couldn't remember when it came in relation. Oh, to that went in that little bathroom mirror. They had to crawl through. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, in the second one, they, there's this big deal with the key maker. He makes keys that unlock doors and you can kind of like jump from, they're, they're basically portals. It's like, bring that idea back and mm-hmm. just have them walk through doors and they're in different places. Mm-hmm. They've already established it. Oh, my last comment that I have is my favorite part of the movie is when it's like towards the end and they're trying to like find like the big plan or whatever. And Neo's like, well, let me try this. 
and he like jumps to to fly and he's like yeah. well that didn't work so we're gonna have to think of something else <laughs> <laughs> that was funny yeah. like just that like his like good. reactions like, oh nope, not that that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> oh i have one thing when they were when neo and trinity went at the end back to talk to the analyst and um she was like kicked him in the jaw and like i thought that oh, was like cool broken. Broken. broken it was just like hanging <laughs> there and cool. then what it ripped his head off or something just that like the animation was really cool mm-hmm, yeah i like so, that oh, scene I got too. this again <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh gosh here we go again because they they built the new matrix around their energy so that's why the two of them together have the power and they can have the power over him Mm-hmm. right and the fact that when they rebuilt uh both of them they rebuilt trinity off the likeness of neo so that's why she also has his powers mm-hmm. just to make sure that that was understood because people are like how is trinity ha- how does she have neo powers now well because trinity's dead this isn't really trinity <laughs> neo's dead too it's all a lie <laughs> they were it's resurrected just, <laughs> it's just like harry potter i he dies at the end uh, all right that'll wrap up this conversation this episode let's let's uh jack out or what how, what do they do when they take the things out of their heads <laughs> let's drink up and jack off I mean, <laughs> no i said jack out the digo podcast after hours they jack in they, it must be jack out what else would it be jack yeah that works they, they jack in and pull out plug in plug out <laughs>